Hey, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll get picks from Jeff Ma and maybe try to get Jason Lock and Ford to do his Baltimore accent on. But first, commerce. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Go ahead. <laughs> Little Tyke's Cozy Coop. I don't know what that is. is it right, a it's, car? It's, it's the OG car. Oh, yes. that. For people not watching on News Channel 8, it's the, it's the car that's like all hard plastic with a red bottom and a yellow top. Eventually it ends up as a coupe without the top and it goes <laughs> when it gets dropped off at the playground for communal use. Okay. <laughs> and your 16th month old just sits there lifting the trunk up and down. Uh, <laughs> or the gas car. Oh, I forgot to put it in. Yeah. The Tony Corners show yeah. is on now. I'm waiting like I'm just... I'm sort of like a dog that's conditioned <laughs> to wait for that sound. Yeah, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Stay classy, see. Uh, let me just say thank you to Jonah Reese for a lovely email, and let me wish Larry Ayers all the best. Let me also say that uh, our friend Nate Bargatze, yes. our golf partner and our friend Nate Bargatze, is going to host Saturday Night Live. Is that this week? I believe it's this week. Yeah, and, so yeah. And the Tomorrow. Foo Fighters are on with him. That's a um, great episode. That yeah. is a great episode. This came across Liz's phone. She looks up and goes, who is that comedian you guys play golf with? Nate Bargatze. Which one? Yeah. Nate Bargatze is <laughs> very good. And then I got a note here from Kenny Lehrer. You don't know who Kenny Lehrer is. It doesn't matter. The note is very simple. You were my counselor at Camp Tioga. I watch you every day, just saying hello. I remember Kenny Lehrer, and I am of the impression that Kenny Lehrer had a special diet every day, that he was allowed to eat bananas and potato chips every single day at his parents' request or his request. Now, I could be wrong on this. And then I thought maybe he became a political journalist. I could be wrong on that. But as long as he's listening... He's going to let us know. Because when I was at Camp Tioga, my job was waiter counselor. So I had to go through the dining hall and I had to make sure that all the tables were set up correctly and that all the foods that were supposed to be out were out. That, that was my job. And I think I remember seeing a plate of bananas pretty early on and going, what's this? And he said, that's Kenny Lehrer. He gets to eat bananas. But I, not again, on your watch. again, I could be completely wrong on that. Um, my friend Curry Kirkpatrick wants to come on the show. He said he wants to stop Wilbon's honking about Serena Williams and Martina Navratilova because Curry believes that Steffi Graf was by far the greatest women's tennis player of all time. And Curry covered tennis for Sports Illustrated for a million years. So maybe we'll make that happen soon. But we're going to take this opportunity to talk about the baseball because we don't have a baseball guest on today. 
There were two games last night. Um, one feels like the turnaround in a series, and one feels like it's not quite the turnaround in the series. The one that's not quite the turnaround in the series to me was Philadelphia losing. Philadelphia lost on a walk-off single in the ninth. Um, Craig Kimbrell, who I haven't liked ever, I don't like his posture. I don't like that whole Bird deal. Of prey. Yeah, I don't like any of that. Still staring down that ump for that, that ball call. Yeah, that nonsensical intimidation that doesn't really work. I don't like it. I actually root against him. I just don't like him. And you're allowed to do that in sports. You can root for people or against people. And he gave up a walk-off single last night in the bottom of the ninth. Did you realize that game was on? Not till about the fifth inning. Okay, you, you got, had me beat. I realized when I was putting the kids to sleep. About the fifth inning. At about 7.30, and I go to GameCast, I see it's 1-1 in the ninth. <laughs> yeah, so it was 0-0 for the longest time. And I would say the most surprising... Real Muta surprising, gave Harper the stop sign. Yeah, the most surprising thing in that game was that Philly didn't hit. They got three hits. They did not hit. If they don't hit, they're not going to win. Yeah. Um, if nobody, whoever doesn't hit isn't going to win. And they ended up only losing two to one. I thought Trey Turner made two wonderful run-saving plays in the eighth and the ninth innings. Um, I don't know if Arizona is going to continue to win. In any case. The big question is, even if they continue. They got to go back to yeah, Philly. You have to go to Philly and you have to go through the top two pitchers. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's just me. <clears throat> the other one that feels like a seismic change in the series is for the second straight night on the road. And Houston's a better if road team. If only they could play every game in <laughs> there, Texas. In Arlington. They're really? now eight and one. They're eight and one in Arlington this year. Yeah. Eight and one. So if Houston, you know, Houston is the defending World Series champions. Houston is a better team. Proved it all year. Well, not all year, but they finished ahead of them. And in order to finish ahead of them, didn't they beat them three in a row in Arlington at the end of the year? I think they They're did, better yeah. than Texas. Texas is fine. Texas was surprisingly great in the playoffs. And Texas has Corey Seager and Bruce Boshi and Nathan Avaldi and Marcus Simeon, who have lots of playoff experience, even though the rest of the players on Texas do not. I'm not counting Texas out. I mean, I think I'm counting Arizona out. I'm not counting Texas out, but these are two impressive wins. And when Altuve hits and Bregman hits, they hit early and they hit often and they build big leads quickly. Right. And, and they Alvarez got a, they've it. got a bullpen. Yeah, they've got a Texas. Uh, Houston's got a bullpen. So what are your thoughts? Did you watch the fourth inning unfold in real time? No. Bases loaded for Alvarez. He works a nine pitch at bat. He hits it to basically dead center, 401 feet, looks like a grand slam. And he's he got the brings slow it drop. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it ends up being a very loud, uh, you know, one run in. And then immediately the next batter, because you have to give so much attention to that at bat, Abreu hits it out. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you look at Bochi's face right after that, and you just sort of, there's a shrug that goes, well, how are you supposed to get through this part of the lineup? They are a really good team. They are in, they're heading for... I think their fourth World Series in the last six or seven years, right? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's you they've know? been in the ALCS like seven or eight years in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's just they're a, they're the class classiest team. Traditionally, what happens if let's say you were to get the the Astros and the Phillies? What happens when you get the back to back years with the World Series? I know it doesn't doesn't really happen, but what would your prediction be for for TV ratings? Well, I think the Phillies are a good draw. I think that contrary to what Wilbon wants to bleat about all the time. I think the I-95 cities, the Eastern, I'm not going to count Miami in this, 
because you know nobody cares about their baseball team. But I think if you go up the line from south to north and you count, even though Atlanta is not an I-95 city, it's a big city near the east. And then you have Washington and Baltimore and Philadelphia and New York and Boston. I think they are the biggest draws in the country. So I think a Philadelphia World Series would be pretty good. Houston is not really a draw, and Houston is still tainted to a degree by the cheating. But they are also a familiar team. So a casual baseball fan by this time would know some of the members on that team, but do you think and that helps. Do you think it's moved past people looking at the team itself as the cheaters versus just Bregman and Altuve? I don't know what you mean. Do you, in other words, they've assigned this to those two guys because they were there at that time and they're the ones who stayed. Yeah, and you, and you look at the cleanse of what last year was and the way, you know, you look at the way that the bullpen was assembled last year. I think Altuve and Bregman are sort of honorable players. And I think most people might think that by now, that they are honorable players. You know, the fact that, I mean, I would make the case if I were writing about this, that the people who left and wanted to get out were more guilty than the people who stayed and said, this is my baseball home and I'm not going anywhere. That would be my position on that. How are you on Kimbrell? Do you hate him like I do? Uh, I just feel like I'm stuck uh, in the the trade rumor cycle from what seems like five to 10 years ago, where every contender is, is asking, can, can we, we get, get can we get Kimbrel? Yeah. And then he goes out to like San Diego or something. Well, we, we, uh, well, we, the Red Sox had him when they won the world series. And I remember uh, he's got a great resume. I just yes. don't like watching him, but I don't, I don't remember it being a lot of one, two, three easy nights. I remember a lot of, no, he takes like, a long time. Yeah. A lot of runners on base, a lot of nervousness. Um, There's yeah, a story in the post today that talks about the fact that he has not adjusted to the pitch clock and that he, you know, real Mudo has to call time or something because he's about to run, it, run out on the pitch clock. Look, the worst thing you can do in baseball if you're a relief pitcher, because relief pitchers come in, by and large, in tenuous situations. Yeah, there's right? a problem if, on the field. If you don't start an inning, if you're not the guy who starts the inning, if you are brought in, the worst thing you can do is walk somebody. It's just the worst. It absolutely you is. Know, and, and, you know, that, that's sort of why I like on-base percentage. So you take a guy like the Nats had a, have a reserve outfielder named Alex Call, who bats right at 200, maybe a little under, but pretty much leads the team in walks. Those are hits. That cliche, a walk is a hit, is yep. true. It is. It's a hit. So your on-base percentage, if you have 60, 80 walks in a year – is much higher than your batting yeah. average and much more Multiplied valuable. by a factor of two or three when you get to the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get, uh, getting those runners on, especially late in the game. I mean, it just puts so much pressure on, you yeah. know? So. By the way, what did you say with Houston? They, if they make it to the World Series this year... I would have said that's their fourth in about six years. It will be their fifth in seven years in the World Series. Yeah, but just, their ALCS alone is like, what, seven in I a row? I think that's seven in a row or eight, yeah. So, you, I mean, they're an undeniable... Yeah. That's like the American League dynasty. That's undeniable. Yeah. I mean, that's like the Yankees back when the Yankees were the powerhouse of everything. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, so that's why I think people know them. Maybe it wouldn't be a, a bad rating. But I will tell you this. Texas and Arizona is a disaster. <laughs> it's a disaster for a rating. Yeah. Nobody knows anybody on these teams, no. really. The, Any combination with Arizona is not going to be the good. The power of the Phillies in terms of the eyeballs they could get for the redo year feels different. feels like there's a lot more attention. You saw yes. alone. There's a, there's a singer who did a, uh, a, um, an updated version of a Robin song uh, 
dancing on my own, and it has become the Phillies' anthem uh, that they tried to retire after the playoffs last year. They sort of had to bring it back because everyone wanted it, <laughs> and it just reached a billion streams on Spotify. A wow. billion? A billion. Wow. That seems like a lot, even for someone like me, as old as <laughs> I am. Let me check to make sure I got that billion right. <laughs> a billion seems like a lot. We'll take a break. Jason Lockenfora will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by drummer and songwriter Chuck Sullivan. And this is from his album Behind the Mask, I believe. This is Blue Morning. Yes. And this is sung by Jen Smith. And so what Chuck Sullivan does, and he released a new solo behind the mask on August 7th, he says it's not your typical record. It's much more of a musical collaboration approach that features 15 of his original songs sung by 11 vocalists and played by 16 additional musicians. That's sort of nice, and you can find it on... That is cool. More information, chucksullivan.net. And the new album is called Behind the Mask, which is nice. And again, this is this is Blue Morning, which is one of those songs where he wrote it, he plays the drums, and it's sung by someone else, and it plays in Jason LaConfora, and we have things we have to read for Jason, which I'm able to do here. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora, host of the Odyssey original podcast, In the Huddle, covering the entire NFL. Can I ask you a question? Of course. How many things do you do? I mean, you I'm have a radio? For, oh, not enough. Not enough, brother. <laughs> what are the things <laughs> that you do now? I, I am, I'm spending a fair amount of time looking for uh, gigs number five, six, and seven. Just, if I can come up with them. Just seems like you're doing a lot. I do a little bit. Do a radio a show, you do a podcast. Do some pre and post for Masson and yeah. do uh, some Odyssey BetQL gambling shows for three hours on Sunday mornings and uh, the radio show and the columns for the post. Yeah. Uh, CBS Sportsline on the gambling side. You're sort of nonstop and... working, right? Tone. Again, not enough. You hear of anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, between me and the dogs, and the way I multitask with these two, yeah. we can get, we can accomplish more. Okay, I'm waiting for that second semester bursar's bill from Syracuse University. So, uh, okay. I'm I'm on the lookout, brother. All oh, right. Good. Did last night's game, in which uh, Trevor Lawrence not only played but played pretty well? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Does that teach us anything? I mean, these are not teams that we consider well, 
Big teams, yeah. big lights. It teaches us that not every Saints game into perpetuity is going to go under, uh, which yeah. is a lesson hard hard uh, for me because I was riding that one pretty good. Okay. <laughs> um, look, this has been a really interesting stretch for Jacksonville. When they headed over to London, I didn't really like the way they looked. Um, some people I know who scout that division, um, some of the same people who last October were telling me buy low on the Jags were telling me, you know, late September this year, I don't know, man, it doesn't look the same, you know, maybe year two there's, you know, a sophomore slump. And now they've reeled off four straight wins, and, and they've done it. Um, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was murderer's row, but, like, no one had gone to London for two weeks before, right, and done that. And then no one had gone to London for two weeks before and not taken the bye, come back and played and, and played, you know, a divisional game. And then four days after that, they're on the road in the Superdome, um, which still can be tough. And the Saints have a good defense. I don't know if it's a great defense, but it's certainly good. Um, they have their offensive limitations, and their quarterback is not very good. Um, but that still was a tricky little wicket. So for them to run yeah, that gauntlet 4-0, and now they've got, like, the mini-buy, right, the, the, the nine-day buy. Like, you know, they don't play this weekend or whatever, so you've got that. And then you have their their real buy still looming, and one of the reasons I, I was you know I sprinkled a little on Jaguars futures to to win the regular season in the AFC is because they already had a built-in advantage, which was the schedule, and this was sort of their gauntlet. Again, the Buffalo Bills, great team. The other teams they played, we can quibble about how good they are, but the way the the schedule lined out and just the uh, sort of unprecedented travel of it all. And for them to have navigated that and come out of it playing their best football of the season, and the quarterback's going to get healthier, you know, and they'll probably do something at the trade deadline. And they're clearly the best team in that division right now. You know, Houston's very interesting, but I don't think they're Jacksonville. That's right. Colts you know, aren't we'll any see, good. because the Chiefs still have some stuff to figure out. And, you know, the Bills now are dealing with a ton of injuries, and, and everybody loves the Dolphins' offense. But when the Dolphins played a divisional team with some bite this year, the Buffalo Bills punched them in the face. So uh, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are back to being that sneaky team, which, again, compare their schedule to Baltimore's, to Kansas City's, to Miami's, to Buffalo's. Um, they have a shot to take care of business and get a bye. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good. That's good to know. Um, news in the league, Roger Goodell, a three-year extension. It's hard to get He'll angry never at leave, that. Tone. Hmm? He'll no, never no. leave. That will go into perpetuity. Yeah, I maybe mean, it's his last contract. Maybe it's not. I mean, they will keep throwing money at him. He's got high ratings. His teams have gone up in value. The Washington team just yep. sold for six billion dollars, and he's got labor peace. So, well, how can we attack him? It's pretty hard, isn't it? Pretty hard. Well, he he works for the owners. The league is the owners. That's right. This idea, this idea that he works for the good and betterment of football. Nah, he he works the line incredibly uber-riches people's pockets beyond even their wildest expectations. And and he's been pretty good at it. And he weathered his storm, you know, his biggest storms in 2016 with the Trump stuff and the Kaepernick stuff. Um, and he weathered a coup from Jerry Jones that didn't, uh, he didn't, you know, Jerry didn't rally nearly as much support as as he thought he was going to. And, you know, things have, the last four or five years, like you said, it, they got the CBA done. Yeah. They got long-term TV contracts done. They got the new Sunday ticket stuff done. They're playing more games internationally than ever before. I mean, we can quibble about the on-field product. It, it's pretty crappy. 
a lot of the time. You know, going into this week, the league average quarterback rating was 88. You know, that's not great. I think the touchdown scoring was at its lowest rate since 2010. Yards per play was at its lowest rate since 2006. But, I mean, you think owners are getting caught up on that stuff? Like, hell no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a made man. And, and and I'm a guy who said that he screwed up a lot of things, including sure. deflate gate and all of that stuff. But I give him credit for this. Oh, these statistics that you're talking about, offensive statistics, does that tell us that defense is better or that offense is just bad? Well, I think we do have to give some credit, and it's, it, we're usually kind of dismissive of that. Um, and that doesn't probably enter the equation enough. Uh, and I think part of it is... Uh, a bit of brain drain. Like, I, I don't know that there's this, uh, you know, they've kind of picked that Sean McVay family tree to death. Um, and he hasn't really had time to retool it. You know, him and Shanahan, who are all, I mean, basically McVay is part of the Shanahan family tree. But, like, and, and obviously what's going on in Miami, which is, in a, you know, a direct, uh, you know, that's a branch of that coaching sure. tree. Sure. Like, that's pretty that's pretty unbelievable. Like they've got 15 rushing touchdowns and 15 passing touchdowns. Like already, that's pretty nuts. You know, they're averaging over 500 yards a game. That's pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, in a lot of places, I feel like uh, the offensive innovation and, and like this wave of, of, of great coordinators isn't there. Then you've got places like Dallas where, you know, head coaches who said, I need to I need to delineate. I, I can't have too much on my plate. I don't want to run the whole thing. Now they're back to running the whole thing, including, you know, game planning, calling plays, and running the, the management of the team from the sidelines. That tends not to bring out the best in people. Um, we're seeing more young quarterbacks play quickly again. And I just think we've, we've seen, you know, the end of a great quarterback era. Um, and, and we're still kind of waiting to fill in the gaps. Um, so, yeah, all of that certainly plays a role. Uh, you know, and look, the league is all about parity. I mean, this is, you know, I don't think that they necessarily want, you know, fewer touchdowns than, you know, in the last 15 years. And I don't think they want the league average quarterback to have a rating of 88, which no. in, you know, a no. lot of good years would put you down in the 20s somewhere. But the games are still largely compelling, right? They're mostly one score. And, you know, we're sitting here talking about Jacksonville and New Orleans on a Friday morning. So the la- I guess the last laugh's on us. Yeah. Well, let me get to uh, that thing you mentioned about young quarterbacks playing early. And this has happened certainly in the last three years. A lot of guys have gotten starts maybe too soon. Um, are we ready to say anything definitively about Bryce Young? I'm not. I mean, it's it's certainly not the start that anyone would have hoped for. Um, I thought that that collection of talent that they amassed on their coaching staff would be pretty uniquely equipped to expedite his development, and and that hasn't been the case. Uh, The offensive line's been bad. I mean, the group of skill position players, you know, Adam Thielen's making some plays, but he's not exactly, you know, a twitched-up athlete who you can throw jump balls to. So... You know, I think part of it is is on them. Um, part of it is on him. Maybe they've been super conservative about it, and and maybe that, you know, as much as they're trying to incubate him and protect him, maybe like there's so many guardrails, 
and it's so scaled down and it's so, you know, so little pushing the ball downfield that it stunted him a little bit. Um, but no, I'm not going to make a grand proclamation. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Excuse me. Uh, no, it's great to hear yeah, people sneeze great. and cough. Yeah, good audio. I think, I think um, radio works that way better I'm than definitely, anything. definitely dealing I don't know what we can do. Excuse me. Thank you. No, it's so great. I like. I have sneezing fits almost every day where I sneeze like eight or nine times. (laughs) Eight or nine times. Well, before this interview, hoping to avoid this this very scenario. That's great. Um, And it's backfiring on me, much like Bryce Young's indoctrination (laughs) in the NFL. Um, I think, you know, look, I'm not, I, I think he could still be fine. And I like that coupling a lot in the summer. So I'm not going to. Boom! Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. So good. Uh, I'd like to tell you that's the last one. No, it's not going to be. <laughs> we can just keep this going. You see how long this interview mm. lasts? As long as I keep sneezing, uh, I'm not ready to give up on it yet. Um, but it's it's it. I, I can understand if I'm a if I'm a, a Panthers fan why I might be um, a little concerned. All right, sneeze one more time. Get out of here. Get out of here. <clears throat> you want to plug your radio day, show before I plug your podcast? You can plug your radio uh, yeah, show. Yeah, you can listen to me sneeze a lot. So good. Daily. So uh, human. Monday through Friday. You, you think this sneezing's impressive. You should hear me around 4.30 oh, so uh, when everything wears off. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on uh, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore and Odyssey Station. Or you can listen to that on the Odyssey app. Um, yeah, and check me out on BetQL from 8 to 11 on Sunday mornings or CBS Sports Line on Sunday afternoons uh, on the gambling side of things. It's so and great. And watch the post, another column out. You should week, get a producer who's also an allergist <laughs> help you out. Yeah. Here's the yeah. outro. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Get better. We'll talk to you next hey, week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Jason Lockenfora. We'll take a break. We will come back. Jeff Ma, we will tell you about Carville's picks because Carville couldn't be on the show today, but he sent us his picks, and we'll have Jeff Ma make his picks. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is our friend Brandon Costello. This is a song called Copper Kettle, and Brandon writes, In the summer of 2003... I spent it recording what would be my first full-length record, a boyishly moody affair called October Music. Twenty years later, I released that album with the appropriate amount of fanfare, that is, quietly and late at night. (laughs) Here's for your perusal and hopeful enjoyment. Cheers, as always. 
It's Brandon Costello, who we like very much. Michael, if people like Brandon Costello want to send in their original music, and this is called Copper Kettle, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And we still have Tony K 46 uh, ready for you at johnnyo.com. Again, they have a new partnership with the NHL, so of all you Blackhawks fans, it's time to get geared up to support the rookie. <coughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Connor Bedard, oh, yeah, the favorite kid. player, other than, of course, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Taze, <laughs> three <laughs> NHL championships. <laughs> Uh, this week's picks by James Carville and Jeff Maher, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Um, we'll get to Jeff in a second. James had couldn't be with us. James had another big week. His yep. double play won. He went 6-2. and two. All his college dogs won. He lost <clears throat> New England very late because of a safety, or he would have been 7-1. and one. He's 25-19 and 19 on the season. Here are his picks. And even Jeff will tell you, nobody's picking these games. He's picking Navy. Plus 10.5, playing Air Force, another underdog. Eastern Michigan. Oh, yeah. Plus tw- Who picks Eastern <laughs> Michigan plus 12 at Northern Illinois? I mean, that's the MAC conference. He's going under, under 48.5, Tennessee and Alabama. I don't know that I would do that. Under 48.5. And, a half. and he, he wants Florida State, minus 14, playing Duke. Duke's without its first-string quarterback in the NFL. He's taking. He's not taking Detroit. He's taking Baltimore minus three at home against Detroit, and he's taking Green Bay minus one at Denver because obviously he thinks Denver is a slug of a team. So now we get to Jeff Ma. Jeff also had a winning week, I believe his first winning week. It was three and two. He's now fourteen and twenty, and we were just talking with Jason Lockenfora about the lack of offense. In the NFL, the touchdowns are down and point scoring is down. And you said that last week, if you took the under, depending on the line you got on the 49ers game, if you took the under, it was either 12-2-1 or 13-2. and two. What, what does that say to you about the state of, of football and scoring? Uh, it's hard to know. I mean, I think we Rufus and I talked about this on the podcast and sort of watching the games. I don't know how much you've watched these games, but they're like boring. They are low scoring. There's a lot of clock running. It almost seems like a running clock. Uh, The pace is slow. And actually the market has reacted on these where, uh, you know, the, the overs, the totals moved about two points down from one week, just based on the fact that those overs uh, were were so bad that that there was thirteen and two to the under. Um, I think we talked about it on the podcast. We had this guy Kevin Kelly on, who was this uh, notorious coach that coached high school football and never punted, didn't have a punter. And then we talked a little bit about it. You know, quarterbacks. When when you see something like this, you try to think about what's the what's the root cause of it. Um, quarterbacks are playing a lot earlier now than they used to. I mean, back in the day, quarterbacks would wait a year, and we have all these rookie quarterbacks playing. Quarterback play is worse. There's a lot of talk about RPOs being something that slows the pace down and makes quarterbacks not able to read defenses or do pre-snap reads because they're doing reads um, when the when the ball snaps, like post-snap. Um, and, and so ultimately... It's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, sample size of one last night's game, there was a lot of scoring. Um, yeah. You know, the, the generally 
you would think that the market has overreacted and that overs will hit this week. Um, but, you know, no one's blindly betting the overs, I don't think, because it, it's, it's interesting. Like, the NFL does seem like everyone talks about how all of the rule changes help the offense, meaning, like, you can't hit guys going over the middle, all this kind of stuff. But the reality is that scoring has been down every year. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the root cause is. Do you have a theory, Tony? I don't. Um, but I, in, in just listening to Jason just a couple of minutes ago, he said the average rating for a quarterback now is 88, which isn't good. It isn't good. And you watch guys like last night. I don't think all that much of, of Derek Carr. I watched the Atlanta quarterback. I mean, last week, I'm, I'm, I'm on the red zone, but they'll concentrate on a game if you have a chance to win the game late. And you watch these quarterbacks, and they don't seem, even with the protection of so many roughing calls, you know, pass interference calls, they don't seem to be particularly good or particularly accurate. And that, I wonder if, if it is that too many younger players are playing too quickly. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is I wonder about athleticism at the quarterback position because we know the athleticism is definitely, you know, we've, we've gotten more athletic at the quarterback position, which I think sometimes hides some of the, the you know, the ideas of, of reading defenses and those types of things. And as they've talked about, like the, the idea of quarterbacks running and RPOs, it's just made it less such that, that there's the, you know, the, the emphasis on being able to read defenses. And I wonder, I wonder if that has had an impact also. And to your point, I mean, quarterbacks are just playing earlier, yeah. not getting the, the tutelage that they need. You know, the other point I, I guess would be that in the last few years, some really great quarterbacks who had really great years are lost to us. Matt Ryan had some really great years. Drew Brees had some really great years. Tom Brady had the most really great years. Aaron Rodgers, who's not playing this year, had really great years, and they're not out there now. So do you think that's part of it, too? Yeah, I mean, we lost. We had, like, a golden era for quarterbacks for a while, and, and we definitely lost a lot of those guys. Um, you know, again, I, I think the interesting thing is it has the quarterback position fundamentally, you know, you, you think about a guy like Mahomes or even, like, a Caleb Williams that are coming up, and these guys are just athletic like no one's ever seen. Yes, and I wonder, you know, if that has fundamentally changed the quarterback position and, and ultimately, you know, the NFL, is an, it always evolves, right? And so maybe it's going to take a little bit of time to evolve into what's the perfect offense for quarterbacks that can run as much as these guys run. And, and, and can, you know, like ultimately, like people are afraid to have them run to get hurt. Like it's, it's the NFL has evolved always, and my guess is it's cyclical. My guess is there will be a point where the offenses figure out the defenses, what the defenses are doing. Um, Kevin Kelly, this co- coach, talks a lot about how they just don't run the right kind of offenses because the best place to sort of create offense is between, is behind where the linebackers are and in front of where the safeties are. And we know that the safeties are playing very deep these days because of you know the Patrick Mahomes of the world. Um, and the only teams he says that are really doing this are like the Rams and the Dolphins, and we've seen what the Dolphins can do. Obviously, they're the one team that's still putting up a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. All right, give us your picks for this week. Let's have a good week. All right, let's have a good – I agree, let's have a good week. We're going to take Green Bay minus the one over Denver. Um, is there a world where Denver is tanking or will start tanking? Um, I, I think there might be, but I, I like Green Bay off the bye minus the one over Denver. Okay. I'm going to take the Rams minus the three over Pittsburgh. I think the Rams 
getting cut back and Nakua, they're going to have a very good offense. And Stafford is still such a such a good, accurate quarterback from the throws he makes. Um, we talk about good quarterback play. He he's still got good quarterback play. So I, I like the Rams at home minus three over a Pittsburgh team. I think that's not very good. Um, but go ahead. Take the Chargers plus the five and a half over Kansas City. I don't I don't know if you've watched Kansas City play this week, but they're play this year. But they are the quintessential team we're talking about that is boring that moves the chains that plays slow um and a five and a half in this I, I think the chargers you know are will be up for this game this is obviously the game that they um you know really keep, keep on their calendar and and I, I think they can keep it within the five and a half okay i'm going to take two games in college i'm going to take tennessee plus the eight and a half over alabama uh tennessee's defense is pretty underrated um obviously uh hypo is a great coach. Um, he doesn't have a hooker anymore, but he has, you know, um, Joe Milton, who is not as good as hooker, but and doesn't run this offense the way he does. But I certainly think that Tennessee can keep it within the eight and a half. We, I'm actually looking at his nine. Would you like nine? No, you take nine. I would love nine. You I would get love, nine. I would love eleven. You got nine. <laughs> well, only Carville gets eleven. <laughs> and Carville gets eleven. So what do you got? Because I got eleven. No, something. What else you got? <clears throat> and then I'm going to take Ohio State minus the four and a half over Penn State. Penn State 6-0 covered all six games, but they, to me, are the classic bully. They beat up on the, the little kids. Um, Franklin has done some just crazy stuff this year to cover games for his boosters. Um, and I think Ohio he does, not, does not have a good record in big games against good teams. And Ohio State minus the four and a half. I think Ohio State wins this game okay. by more than four and a half. All right, Jeff's podcast with Rufus is Bet the Process, and we wish you luck as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jeff. All right, thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls, we'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Oh, oh, wait, I got to do one other thing. The outro. Oh, that's right. Well, it's okay. I'll do it out of order. What's the difference? I'm doing it. (laughs) They just want their names mentioned. This week's picks with James Carville and Jeff Ma have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony. Here comes Tony. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, facts, sent your notes. Here comes Tony. Here comes Tony. Here comes Mr. Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you. Don't you wish you could do that? <laughs> Annie Kress can do that. She can. Does we can't do that. No, she does it very well. Yeah, it's great. Want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. So what happens is when we get these song lyrics... Nigel will say to me at some point during the day, let's see if you know this one. 
you know, he says, I think you'll know this one. Well, I know them all, <laughs> but I think you'll know this one. And and then he goes, it's automatic. And I go, it's automatic when I talk with old friends. Conversation turns to girls we knew. When their hair was soft and long and the beach was the place to go. Suntan bodies and waves of sunshine. California girls on a beautiful coastline. Warmed up weather. Let's get together and do it again. That's Mike Love and Lead. It's 1966 or so. Something like that, and it's Do It Again, and it's just a great, great tune. Thanks to our guest today. Oh, can I just say the, yeah. the lyric we played with yesterday? Yeah. Because it was a great get on you upon. Oh, that was the cow sills. Yes, I just said, you take a bus marked Lakewood Drive, and he, he paused for about a half a second. He said, oh, yeah, that's the cow sills. Yeah. yeah, Indian Lake. Indian Lake. Yeah, and no, I know that. And then proceed to rip off the rest of the yeah. lyrics. You're giving me hope, because we're in this transitional phase where all the music I grew up with is now considered classic. <laughs> really? <laughs> Being sampled by every... <laughs> pop song now yeah okay. <laughs> thanks to our guests today jason lock and four and jeff ma thanks to carville for sending in his picks thanks as well to today's sponsors remember you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and odyssey if get the show through apple Podcasts, please leave us a review so what do we got here this is from dave marin aka the socks nerd from kenosha wisconsin a chatter veteran and a fellow grandpa when Tony La Russa of the White Sox squared off against Dusty Baker of the Astros in the 2021 American League Division Series, they had a combined 4,808 wins. The number is 4,276 for Baker and Bruce Boshi right now. So that's the highest number. So I was wrong. Well, didn't we figure out that Joe Torre had played La Russa? Uh, it, it might be, but we think, don't know when in their careers. Yeah. I bring this up not really to correct you, but to hear someone, anyone, mention my beloved White Sox in connection with the postseason. It's been a rough go of late, Satch, and condolences on Louise Gluck. From uh, Glenna McGregor, who says, living between The Hague, Gross Point, Michigan, and San Francisco. I know the one in a million game is winding down, but on a recent show, a Carnegie Mellon alum wrote in with a story about encountering a stranger who knew his mom. I've been sitting on this story for a while, and I figure now is the time. In 2010, I was traveling in Ecuador for work. My husband and I added a vacation at the end of the trip to leave Quito and go over the Andes into the Amazonian tributaries. We left Quito with a driver embarking on a long drive to the rainforest. We'd planned to stop at a hot springs high up in the mountains before descending. While we were in the hot springs, our driver came over to inform us the country was in the midst of an attempted coup Whoops! and that all the highways had been seized and travel was impossible. He suggested we stay at the hot springs resort and wait it out. With nothing to do except watch endless coverage of rioting and chaos, our driver, an avid bird watcher, suggested taking us on a hike to look for rare birds, and we agreed. Set out into empty, rugged mountain pass for several hours. After a while, we came across a man walking by himself. We started talking. We were surprised he not only spoke English, but he was from Northern California, where I was born and still have family. We narrowed down to Davis, and then UC Davis, and then to the geography department. Any chance you know Susie Garbini? I asked, thinking it was unlikely, given that this man was about 40 years younger than my mom, who had completed a PhD in her 70s. Susan, he exclaimed. <laughs> Turned out he and my mom had interned for the same <laughs> county planning office a few years earlier. In the Andes, during an attempted coup, I think that's a contender for one in a million. It, it is. is. From the Reverend Mark Schaefer, greetings from the 21st century. Here in the future, we can order things online and have shop workers go around the store, gather those items, and put them aside for you to come pick up. This is called in-store pickup and might cost something because a store employee has done your shopping for you. 
Some stores, on the other hand, offer this service for free. Ace appears to be one of those. It's pretty cool. And when you get there, I think you'll enjoy the convenience. I will say there are some things I do learn from this podcast. Your discussion of the kinds of nonprofit swag you get has answered a question I've had for years. Five years ago, I embarked on a solo bike trip from Albany to Montreal and back via Vermont on the way up and Lake Placid on the way back. Needing to travel light, I left some clothes at my folks' house. In one case, I ordered a t-shirt and had it sent to my folks' house to arrive while I was on my trip. When I got to their house after 550 miles of riding, I found out they had donated the t-shirt, thinking it was part of some fundraiser for a nonprofit. I was incredulous. Who sends free t-shirts through the mail? I guess I know now. Yeah. People that want you to give them money. <laughs> this still doesn't explain why they thought this shirt was from such a group when it was from one of my favorite sci-fi shows and advertised the United Nations Navy, a, a space fleet. Apparently, they debated this. I didn't even know the United Nations had a Navy, but gave it away nonetheless. So you've cleared some things up, but some mysteries remain. From uh, Ashton Wingate in Brooklyn, just a slight correction on Friday's show. As you and Carville were waxing poetic about the Ravens this week, you stated that Edgar Allan Poe was not a football player or a ball carrier. I was a bit suspicious and was saddened that you would dismiss Eddie's physical skills and abilities outright. <laughs> After quick Google, it turns out that Edgar Allan Poe, not that Edgar Allan Poe, was a football player. Edgar Allan Poe, born September 15, 1871 and deceased November 29, 1961. That's like 90 years. Was Attorney General of the state of Maryland from 1911 to 1915. He was born in Baltimore. The son of former Maryland Attorney General John Prentice Poe. He was named for his great uncle and second cousin, twice removed, the celebrated author Edgar Allan Poe, who died in 1849. This Poe attended Princeton University, where he played varsity football. He was quarterback of the 1889 team, which finished with a perfect 10-0 record. After that season, Poe was named the quarterback of the very first 1889 college football All-American team. After Princeton beat Harvard 41-15, a Harvard man reportedly asked a Princeton alum, whether Poe was related to the great Edgar Allan Poe. According to the story, the alumnus looked at him in astonishment and replied, he is the great Edgar Allan Poe. He also played men's lacrosse at Princeton, was team <laughs> captain. He was given the title of one of the Poe brothers of Princeton throughout his life due to his football legacy at Princeton. Isn't that nice? How about that? That's nice. That's from Ashton, Chuck, and Roxy, episode 209. Bill Garner in North Potomac. So I have an email lately. I've had nothing smarter, funny to type. <laughs> well, it's, it's an admission that... That we understand. From yes. Alex Lau, who emails all the time. On Friday's show, you referred to me as a frequent emailer who is usually funny. If I'm lucky enough, maybe they'll put that on my tombstone. <laughs> it's no Jesus wept, but I'll take it. From Jeff Barger in Hillsborough, North Carolina, who also emails us a lot. Please tell Michael we used to measure the severity of diaper cleanups by using the Fujita scale which is also used to measure tornadoes. An F1 meant no help was needed. One Sunday, we made a trip to the mountains and forgot the diaper bag, so naturally an F5 occurred, debris everywhere. And we scrambled to find a grocery store to clean the child, the car seat, and the car. Ironically, this happened in a Subaru that we no longer uh, It own. took us two kids to realize that the car seat cover comes off. That's helpful. Ooh, uh, yes. And have you ever tried to take one wipe out of the container? Impossible. They only come out in, in bunches of three or four. It doesn't matter if it's an F1 or an F5. <laughs> Uh, it's been yeah. 35 years since I've had to take... Uh, I've often wondered who changed the diapers. You know, I changed them occasionally. You would not be in my top three. Uh, <laughs> top five? Uh, Kyle Caldwell in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Is it possible to trade podcast titles with Pablo? Tony Kornheiser finds out. Each episode would be about Tony being astonished and amazed while learning about things us regular rum-dums deal with daily. Free in-store pickup doesn't mean you shop for free in the store. It means you order it on the internet and pick it up in the store without having to pay for shopping or shipping. 
okay, I'm not going on the internet, so it's impossible for me to do this. Many places will have the items ready within a couple of hours. We'll even bring them out to your vehicle. Yeah, but they I, give you the lesser items. That's yeah. what I think. That's yeah. why I don't want people shopping for groceries for exactly. me. I don't want their hands the on bad, bad lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. It's always bad produce. I don't want it. Yeah. I can't wait for the upcoming episode. Tony Kornheiser finds out how much a banana costs. Hint, it's not $10. <laughs> um, one more. Let's do one more. This is good. This is, this is from Rob Lowe, not that Rob Lowe, in North Royalton, Ohio. Are you serious thinking Mr. Tony wouldn't go into a dollar store? Have we not heard about his escapades with faded orange pants and the bass outlet? The dollar store would be like Disneyland for him. Come on, man. What are we even doing here? I agree with Tony on Whole Foods as the ratio of Subarus in the parking lot is quite high. And a head of lettuce costs three weeks of wages. But you have to get to Costco. Sure, it violates your not buying steak and tires in the same store philosophy. But it's actually a wonderland of capitalism. The things you can do at Costco make it worth it. One, buy tires. Two, buy steaks. Three, get a really good hot dog or a whole chicken. Four, buy Puma athletic socks. And yes, it is very specific to Puma, which, to be honest, are pretty good socks. Five, plan a trip to Turks and Caicos. Six, ignore the rum-dum trying to sell you a cell phone. It's a magical experience. Stay away from the middle aisles. Have you, you, you've been to Costco. Is I, it- I went there as a kid when, we got, when mom had the membership. The kids have to be old enough where you can go through all of this, you know, all of the bottles of Gatorade and the, it's always the, it's always the granola bars. You just get a huge box of them. But the middle aisles you'd love because of the candy. Ooh. Is that they put the candy in the middle? It's the front of the middle. The, the true middle is where you get the clothes, the books, DVDs. So I that thought you would put the candy by the checkout. For example, Stroh Snyder's, which carries my father's chips, which are great, by the way. They are my, my father's are my dad's chips. My dad's, I think it's... It's great. Yeah, whatever they're, they're they fantastic. They stick them right by the checkout, you know, right by the cash register. You know, my, my dad's chips. Those yeah, are... They, they, and we're doing a free plug here. They'll, they're great. The balsamic chips. vinegar ones? Oh, and, yeah. the, and the regular. Yeah. And the regular. They're, yeah. They're just great. All right. If you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, um. which I've warmed in the micro wave.
Smiles and short pants will not distract me.